This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. I don't have to tell you that we're surrounded by struggle, strife, and bad things in the world are happening every day. It's depressing. Some people I know don't even watch the news. Sometimes I do. I usually turn it on about 6.15 and watch the weather. And so lately until, until the present time, that's been pretty depressing, hot and dry. And I like the Rangers and the Cowboys, so the sports have been pretty depressing. So sometimes if we hear all these bad things going on around us, we <clears throat> get negative, bitter, numb, and lose sight of what we had to be thankful for in our lives. We need to always look at the big picture, and we need to be focused on serving God, not how the world's treating us or how, we, how the world's treating us at the time. We need to set our hopes on things eternal and remember the blessing we had through Jesus Christ. You know, whoops, the title of the lesson, I, if I can get this to work, there it goes, is hold to his hand. We need to remember in our darkest hour that we need to hold to God's hand, draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. You know, we sing a song, uh, hold to God's unchanging hand, and I'm going to start with the verse one, time is filled with swift transition, not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal, hold to God's unchanging hand. You know, I, I look at this and you think about our life, it is full of transitions. We can, we can be having everything go our way, and then it seemed like everything goes, to, goes down and is against us. We can, be, we can lose our jobs, fires, wrecks, sickness. And we need to remember this at times filled with swift transitions and hold to his hand. Verse 2, trust in him, we will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring, if early friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. You know, we're going to run into people in this life that... We think love us and care for us and maybe friends, and we put our trust in them and they lead us away. We need to put our trust in him. We will not leave you, and that's God. Verse 3, covet not the world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek the gain of heavenly treasures. They will never pass away. You know, sometimes we put, our, put all of our cookies in, in making money and the things that we have and things we can purchase, things of this world. And then finally, verse 4, when your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, fair and bright to home and glory, your enraptured soul shall view eternity with God. You know, looking at that song, I've been thinking, I think a lot, and I think I told Matt this, uh, in the past at Dozier, how many people we had, the people and what songs they led, and there's a man that led this song a lot. And I was thinking of him, and that's how I came up to, with, I wanted to look at the song and, and see what it said. And I'm going to begin with a verse that goes with the song. I keep turning this off. There we go. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Who will separate you from the love of Christ? Will it be worldly pleasures and possessions, sin and pride? Our actions, attitudes, wants, desires, and other people in our lives can lead us away from God in many instances. The devil, we need to remember the devil is always around and can paint, pounce on any weakness he sees. Where do you look in times of peril? 
As Christians, we, all, we should look to God, and we know that, remember that God loves us. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love, and this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. God loves you. God is always faithful on his promises and wants you to come to him and be his faithful servant. He wants you to obey the gospel. He wants you to be baptized. He wants you to be a Christian. He wants you to lean on him. We have choices we make in life, and each one either brings us closer to him or leads us away from him. We need to keep our mind on things eternal and look to God in times of need. You know, we read Romans 5 and 8, Christ died for our sin. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's plan to send Jesus to earth, take on a mortal body, live a sin-free life, and be sacrificed for you and me for our sin. We often lose sight of that in the confusion of life. And that's what the world wants to be, is confused. There were some missionaries that brought some, that had worked with in Africa, and they brought some African pastors over, preachers over, to the country to see, to study over here. In their studies, they, they, they studied, but then they wanted to go shop. So the missionaries said, here's the phone number if you get lost, because they thought they probably would call, and we'll get you back where you need to be. So about an hour and a half, two hours goes along, and, and they're lost. And you know you've been lost in an unfamiliar place. You get kind of nervous and frantic. They remembered, ooh, let's call. So they called to, to get direction. They said, walk to the intersection. Look up and tell me the signs you see, and I'll get you back. And so they did, okay, they walked to the intersection and said, we're at the corner of walk and don't walk. <laughs> they didn't know. Unfamiliar, didn't know where to look. Many people in the world don't know where to look when, it, when they're having troubles. As Christians, we know we should look to God. We should cling to his hand, we should draw near to him so he draws near to us. When we feel lost and unstable, we feel directionless and don't know which way to turn. Sometimes it seems like there's not a good option. We go through these trials so we can lean on him and feel his strength in his hand and his love for us and build our faith. We need to remember this in times of peril. Where do we look in distress? Possessions, wealth, worldly pleasures? You know, what's your first reaction to adversity and unseen troubles? Do you run from it? Do you run to it? Do you hide from it? Do you get to yourself? Do you isolate yourself? Where do you look? Do we look at worldly solutions right off the bat? Try to drown your sorrows? That's a worldly solution. Try to numb the pain? How are you conditioned to deal with adversity? Have you even thought about how you're going to deal with adversity during the good times? You know, back when, uh, before we had ways to protect ourselves in school, school safety is a big issue. I don't have to tell you all that. And I don't understand it, but th that's another topic. It's a big issue. And before we had ways to arm ourselves, I was sitting with the superintendent. We was going over the plan. He said, if this happens, you go to that door, you lock it, you check outside and lock it. And I what am I looking for? <laughs> he said, a sniper. I said, well, can't I send Jack? <laughs> I didn't want to go myself. I pointed at somebody else. I wanted to send them. He said, no, you go. And if somebody comes into school with a gun, you tackle them and take it away from them. And I'm thinking, wow, what did I get myself into? I thought coaching was hard. 
So I went home and told Shona, I got to figure out a way to, I'm going to disarm somebody. So I start working something through my mind. What am I going to do? And y'all might laugh at this. I came to the best thing I could come up with. School's got many corners. I was going to hide around the corner and hit him in the back of the head with my board. That's what I came out. I was taking a board to a gunfight. That was my plan. But that's all I had. I tell this story to say that working, that I have, Matt will believe in training because you do what you're trained to do. What you condition yourself to do. And if we think about how we're going to react to adversity when it hits and we look eternal, that's, that's where we tend to go. Because years later, it wasn't a gunfight, but I had a young man that was very upset with somebody, and it wasn't me. It turned to me. And was outside, and he picked up a rock that looked like it weighed 20 pounds. And I said, here we go. <laughs> I'm fixing to get hit in the head with a rock and have to fight him. He turned and went through it somewhere else. He didn't direct it toward me. I took three hard steps, and I thought, what are you doing? I'd conditioned myself to do what? I was going to my office, get that port, and hit him in the back of the head with it. We condition ourselves. And if our first reaction to adversity is to run away, to hide, not seek God's word, not pray to God, not seek other Christians, drown your sorrows, that's what you're going to do when it hits. So we need to have our minds and hearts set on how we're going to handle the situations because we're training ourselves all the time to deal with this. And God's leading us through this. How to react. We need to know where we're going to look for comfort. Make up our mind. Are you going to hold to God's unchanging hand or are you going to look the other way? Go the other way. Worldly possessions. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. If we look for comfort in possessions and riches, we're going to be disappointed. We will either search for Satan's hand or God's hand to hold on to. We have to make up our mind, know, and look, know to look for our Heavenly Father and show our faith in his promises. You know, in, in research, I was looking for surveys, and, and uh, I saw this. came across a 20-year-old trader who said he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on a free trading app. <laughs> free trading app, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, took his own life, according to his family. If we're searching for happiness and possessions and wealth, it's, we have to. I'm not saying don't, well, he's telling me not to go work, make a living, and be comfortable. I'm not saying that. But when we put that before God, that's bad. When that's the first place we look, we need to look to God always in our lives during the good and the bad times. Worldly pleasures. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... Lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lust of flesh, pride of life, lust of eyes will not give you the comfort as you're told each day in the world. We're told all the time. They lead you down a path of destruction. And the mistake is we seek to solve our problems in the mystery of life and find our happiness apart from God. That's a mistake. That's a mistake we make daily. Or I'd make daily. Romans 8.39, nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be separate, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't listen to the ones that are going to lead you away from God. Always look to him, thank him, and praise him every day in our lives. Condition yourself to hold the things eternal.
you know, we see we're going to have, we know we're going to have trials in life, and we need to use that to make us stronger. I've got somebody else's water. We read in James 1, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. In Job 23 and 10, but he knoweth the way I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Gold's a precious metal, isn't it? Everybody would like to probably have a few ounces of gold. It's precious. It's, it, it's a sign that you, you have some money. You know, in 1799, Conrad Reed discovered a 17-pound rock while fishing in a Lake Meadow Creek in North Carolina. Didn't know what it was. It's a rock that didn't, I guess, interest in him. Took it to the house and as a doorstop for three years. <laughs> and his dad decided, I'm going to go see what this rock is. He took it to a jeweler and it was gold. And in 1802, uh, that gold, now this is my college education, so don't hold me to all these numbers exactly. I figured up it was worth $3,600 then, would be between $300,000, $350,000 a day, was a doorstop. <laughs> Nobody knew what it was. You know, gold in that form, they have to heat it up and get it real high and take away the impurities from it to get it pure. Fiery trials. Trials in your life. As we start our Christian walk, you know, we might look a little bit like the gold. And through the trials that we fight through, we keep our faith and we serve. The impurities fall away. And we become stronger, closer to God and stronger Christians. You know, we need to remember this and let our trials make, make us stronger Christians. You know, and I... I Going through this, I changed my way. I shouldn't, instead of saying trials, I should say view as opportunities. You know, how we view things a lot of times is how we feel inside. And if we view something as a trial and that I'm just beat down and I'm always, I can't never win. If we view life like that, you're probably going to go negative. But if we see our trials as opportunities to work harder and show your faith, to God and everyone that sees, you might have a different attitude about it. So let our, let our trials turn into an opportunity to show our faith and hold to God's unchanging hand. You know, I'm going to read a few examples. Many of you know this. Paul asked that God remove the thorn. For this one thing I beseech you, Lord, thrice, that it, may, that it might depart from me, the thorn. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly there... For will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in the reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul wanted the thorn out of his side. But the answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Don't look anywhere but to God. Hold to his hand in these times. Job's faith, we read to that and hear can't talk about faith without Job. Uh, he was beset with boils, head to toe. You know it was painful. And we get to 2 and 9. And he, then said his wife and him, Do you still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. His wife said it to him. Curse God and die. But his reply, he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all of this did not Job sin with his lips. Somebody he loved that loved him, curse God and die. He wouldn't do it. 
Sometimes people close to us may lead us away from God and not to him, and we need to remember that. We need to know where we're going to look in times of distress and in times of need. We're going to look above. We're going to pray. We're going to search scripture. We're going to talk to Christian brothers and sisters to try to help us get the right, to, to get right. I'm not going to read this, but I can't talk about faith without mentioning Abraham because to me, every time I read this, it makes you want to cry. Because I know how much I love my kids. Yet, he was told to go uh, sacrifice his son. Didn't question, went, went on the journey. Son asking all the time, where's our sacrifice? God will provide. All to the point where he raised his sword and God told him to stop. Faith. Can you think of anything much harder you'd have to do in life <laughs> than that? I, don't, I can't think of anything. We need to have that kind of faith in God and, and place our hope and faith in above, not of the world. You know, we don't need to be discouraged. We need to continually, continually to faithfully serve. Sorry I'm drinking water, but I've been coughing a lot and my mouth's dry. <laughs> Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Sometimes we tend to look across the fence and seem like the grass is greener. Somebody's prospering more than I am and I'm suffering more than they are. We need to remember it rains on the just and unjust. And we need to remember we continue to serve God. Our service should not be contingent on the situation that we have at hand. We need to continue to work and build faith. You know, an old Scotsman operated a little rowboat transporting passengers across the river. And he was transporting some passengers. And uh, one of the passengers noticed in one oar it said faith, and the other one it said works. And he said, can I ask you why one oar is named faith and one arm works? He said, let me show you. He dropped works, worked with faith. Circles, getting nowhere. Dropped faith, worked, rode with works. Circles the other way. Picked them both up, went the same way. You know, we, we need to have faith, but we also need to be working and serving God all the times of our lives. And we can't be discouraged thinking somebody's got this better, I've got it worse. We don't need to look at that. We need to look above and remember the gift that Jesus gave each one of us. Christ has overcome the world. These things I've spoken to you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Christ came, lived a sin-free life. We crucified him. He rose on the third day. We need to be thankful for that and remember that all times in our lives. Not just a good time, not just a bad time. We need to be thankful Christians. Derek Redmond was an Olympic sprinter. In the 1992 Summer Games in Barcelona, Spain, he was running the semifinals in the 400. And you know they train and train and train for years and they get to go to the Olympics every four years. So you, the, last, the lifespan of Olympic athletes is not very big. He's running a race, has a good start, gets to about the 200-yard mark, pulls up lame, <laughs> hits the track in pain. 
on one knee. Read the, it said that the article I read was screaming in pain. Everybody passed him. They's already crossed the finish line, and some guy tried to go pick him up. He chugged him around and got up and started hopping. Other people came, tried to pull him away. He pushed him away and kept hopping. He kind of got out of his lane a little bit. He kept going. This happened one more time and he kept going. Suddenly you see a man running from the top of the stands and ushers are trying to grab him and he's fighting through them. He jumps on the track and they grab him and try to tackle him. He said, that's my son. I'm going to him. So he gets out there. When he grabs Derek to try to help him, Derek shrugs him away and this is your dad, Derek. He goes, Dad, I got to finish. He said, well, I'll help you. So he got him over in the right lane, moved him over. Two more times with his dad helping, they had to push people off. Let me finish. I got to finish. They got to the finish line. Dad let him cross the finish line. They embraced and wept together. We have to finish what we start. You know, as Christians, when we start that Christian walk, we're going to be pulled just like he was pulled. People are going to try to lead us over here. No, you don't need to finish. Let's go this way. This is more fun. It's going to happen. But just like Derek's dad ran down to you, God is there for us, our Heavenly Father, to help us if we lean on him and show the strength that he has. He'll show the love he has for us if we will let him and look to him. And he'll help us finish the race. You know, Derek, it, it was very important for him to finish the race. Just like it should be important to every one of us to finish our Christian race and walk. And receive the crown of life. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Hold to God's unchanging hand, receive the crown of life. God loves each one of us. Jesus shed his blood for our sins. And when we follow the plan of salvation and are baptized for the remission of sins, he's there for us. Finish the race. Get the crown of life. That's the big picture, not what the news is telling us every day. And why do I think this is important to talk about? And you can go back and, and look at Pew Research and studies. The time has finally come where the number of people believing the Bible is Fables and just stories, wise tales, is raising, rising in America. And I think it's important that we remember these things and have our plan on how we're going to react to adversity, how we're going to move forward when we're troubled times. Because if we don't have that plan, if the world believes it's a bunch of fables and stories, which way are they going to take you? I think it's important that we know that so we can receive the crown of life. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.